Quiet, Lock please. Radio. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you're going to learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First of all, let me say that I'm Rex Sykes, your host. My guest today is actor Sam Whitwer. He's been on Battlestar Galactica. He's been in Dexter. He's been in Smallville. He's been in a movie shot here recently uh, in the past year, No God, No Master, and just so much more. He lends his voice to Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and uh, we're going to have an exciting conversation with him coming up in just a couple minutes. I first got to make some announcements and thank uh, all my recent guests for uh, being a part of Movie Beat and for you, the listeners and readers, uh, for tuning in and for spreading the word about Movie Beat to your friends and your industry connections, for your emails, your phone calls, your feedback, and your support. The official website is rexsikes.com. That's rexsikes.com. That's my name. And Movie Beat is really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. We pull back the veil. We pull back the curtain. We reveal the inner workings, the insider's information, the secrets, uh, all of what you need to know, If whether you're an actor or a behind-the-scenes filmmaker or a crew person, to get ahead and to advance in the industry that you enjoy working in and that you might love. Uh, you can subscribe to the official Movie Beat rec- uh, website by clicking on the RSS feed right there at the welcome page. And uh, we hope that you do that. That way you'll always be updated to changes in the website, upcoming interviews, past interviews, blogs, information, articles, casting information, the whole thing. So be sure you subscribe at the welcome page at RexSykes.com. Keep in mind, if you're listening to this live, uh, go ahead and friend us, fan us, leave comments right where you're at listening live. If you're listening to this as an archive show, keep in mind that there are over 125 uh, excellent interviews where professional filmmakers and actors share their expertise and their advice to you so that you can, again, advance your career and and make your projects more smoothly, uh, more efficiently. The chat room is open, so if you'd like to join us in the chat room, please do. If you're listening to this live, uh, it is open. You can ask questions by way of the chat. If uh, you'd like to ask questions in advance, you can always email them using the contact page at rexsykes.com. Put the name of the guest in the in the subject header, put the uh, question in the body, and e- fire those emails out there. And then when my guest appears on the show, we'll ask those questions. Um, the good news is that if, if not only are these archived at the website, but they're available from the iTunes store at Rex Sykes Movie Beat Podcast. So uh, if you go to uh, iTunes and you look up Rex Sykes Movie Beat, then all of your all of these interviews are there. You can search by the guest name, or you can subscribe and have all the interviews right there on your Touch, your iPod, your BlackBerry, whatever electronic device you have, or on your computer at home. And then you'll always be updated uh, as the new interviews uh, come along. You'll never, 
ever miss one. And uh, 125 of them is just a little bit more than a gig, so you're going to want to go and do that. Um, before I bring my guest on today, I have a couple more announcements, and I also want to say please do share these interviews with your friends. Tweet about them. Our Twitter address is Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT. The last word is uh, abbreviated, but uh, uh, please follow us there and then retweet. Uh, post it on your Facebook wall. Post it in MySpace. Use your favorite means to share this. Uh, because what you do when you do that is you extend our reach to other filmmakers, other actors, other people who will benefit from this information, and uh, and you get the word out on it. This is a free resource, so please spread it far and wide. Coming up uh, very soon is um, uh, Peter Marshall. He will also be on the show today. He's my next guest in a couple hours, so if you're listening live now, uh, you're going to want to tune in and, and uh, join us in the chat room for, for Peter as well. If you are uh, so inclined, if you're a director and uh, you'd like to visit Vancouver, uh, Peter has a workshop coming up in May, and you can read all about that workshop. It's the Art and Craft of the Director Film Workshop, May 14th through 16th. You can read all about that at the Hot and Fun blog on RexSykes.com. That's the Hot and Fun blog on RexSykes.com. Uh, also coming up is the um, celebrity uh, golf tournament that Kevin Sorbo hosts called the World Fit for Kids. It's in Las Vegas in June. Read about that there as well. And the V-Pipe Screenplay Pitch Contest by way of Facebook ends tomorrow. It ends on the 15th of April. So if you've got a project you wanted to pitch to uh, Hollywood professionals, uh, it is your last chance. This weekend, the 14th through the 18th in Madison, Wisconsin, is the Wisconsin Film Festival. I'm going to be there on the 16th to see Feed the Fish, a movie uh, produced and directed by Mike Madsdorf, who's been a guest of uh, Movie Beat. It stars Tony Shalhoub and, and others, and it's at 10.15 uh, Friday evening, so I'm going to be there for that. I'm also going to be there Saturday evening for Baraboo, uh, directed by... Uh, one-time uh, David Lynch partner, Mary Sweeney. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Feed the Fish, and then we'll bring on our guests. The producers of Feed the Fish are proud to announce that in conjunction with the good people at Marcus Theatre Corporation, one-week engagement beginning April 23, 2010, at the Point Cinema in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it says a theatrical run at the Point Cinema provides additional opportunities for you to enjoy Feed the Fish just one week after its sold-out world premiere at the Wisconsin Film Festival. Uh, the Feed Fish stars Tony Shalhoub. He's been in Monk, Men in Black, Katie As Asselton uh, from The League and Puffy Chair, Ross Partridge, Bagheads and Lake Effect. Vanessa Branch, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Michael Chernus uh, is from Mercy, Love, and Other Drugs. Barry Corbin from Northern Exposure, No Country for Old Men and The Closer. So those are some of the guests. It was written and directed by Mike Madstorff, produced by Nic Nicholas Langhoff, Allison Abrams, and Tony Shalhoub. So... Uh, Please go check that out. They're excited about their run there at the Point Theater uh, starting April 23rd, right after uh, it debuts at the Wisconsin Film Festival. All right. Well, without further ado, let me bring on my guest today. It's Mr. Sam Whitwer. He was raised in Glenview, a suburb of Chicago, Illinois, and he uh, dropped out of Juilliard in New York and moved to California to pursue an acting profession. He's appeared in several TV series. He eventually landed the role of Lieutenant Alex, crashed on court, court I, can, I can never say this, court, he's going to correct me, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, for three episodes, he was, supposed, uh, he was the supposed ice truck killer in Dexter. 
Uh, he played uh, in a couple of episodes of CSI. He went on to play Doomsday, the new rival of Superman in the eighth season of Smallville, and just so much more. He appeared in uh, No God, No Master, here shot in the Wisconsin uh, area. And uh, as well, we've had him on the show before, talking with director Sam Oster, as he starred in Sam's, Sam Oster's movie, The Return of Joe Rich. Sam Whitwer, how are you today, sir? Are you there? I'm good. How are you, Rex? <laughs> I'm good. I finally got through all of those announcements, and I'm glad to be able to talk with you now. Um, good work. I'm sorry? That was good work. Good work. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you very much. How do you say that? Quartaro? Quart- Quart- uh, Carterero. Or Carterero. All right. Yeah. I, I, I can never say that, so that's really Yeah, they cool. named them after, I believe, one of the writer's uh, brothers or something. I can't remember <laughs> the details, but yeah. So cool. The, the writer was named Crashdown. Yes, precisely. Yes, exactly. Okay. All first right. Name, well, well, first name Crash, second name Down, and you know, it's how it works. There you, there you go. Well, now, Sam, well, why don't we just fill in the audience? You, you were here uh, a month or so ago with Sam Oster. We were discussing the return of Joe Rich, which you shot in the Chicago area, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. And uh, prior to that, you were in the Milwaukee area shooting No Gods, No Masters. No God, No Master. I'm sorry. But now you're up in San Francisco. Yes, and I am. I'm in, San Francisco. I'm in a hotel room right now. Yeah. And uh, but you've been very busy between the time that we last talked. But can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing up in San Francisco right now, or what you've done? Uh, well, okay. So uh, what did we leave off? I uh, currently right now I'm working on a. I. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on a Star Wars video game. It's a sequel to a game we did. Um, a little while back called The Force Unleashed. So that requires um, a lot of voiceover work, but also some on-camera stuff. And, and uh, really, I, I this time it's been all about a bunch of uh, audio work and uh, and also uh, just a little pieces of reference for the animators and stuff because uh, we, we shot the cinematic sequences, uh, sort of the animated movie sequences. We shot those in L.A., uh, but now we are, you know, continuing to massage all that, and, and then also get all the in-game dialogue and stuff. So it's really fun just to hang out at the various Lucasfilm campuses. I had a chance to go and have lunch with Dave Filoni of the Clone Wars because I just did uh, three episodes of, of uh, their show, um, and uh, it's been really having a, a great time. That's that's awesome. Well, let's do this. I mean. We, before we get into further discussing um, your career and, and other roles, let's talk a little bit about just how it differs or is the same working video games. And uh, and then from there, maybe talk a little bit about the voiceover work. Well, it, it, it's uh, in, in the case of this, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of experience with video games per se, but uh, uh, in the case of Force Unleashed, it's very similar to uh, to working in film and television because you're on camera, you're working with other actors. In fact, we we shot these. Uh, what they do, Rex, they they shoot this stuff and then they have a bunch of animators translate our performances uh, into the CG characters. Uh, the CG characters, which uh, also utilize our likeness, so it's very important that uh, that they have all the footage so that they can duplicate our performances as best they can on the um, you know, and, and bring it to the uh, to the CG characters. So, 
in terms of my work, uh, it hasn't been that much different because the actors were, were sharp, the writing was sharp, and, and uh, the, the things that happen in this uh, story are a lot more um, emotionally ragged than the first time around. So it, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, like, I, I, I just, just before this, I was in Boston shooting a pilot for CBS, and uh, the stuff I've been doing for, for Star Wars has been, um, you know, the, the Boston thing was all day, and you're shooting these long days and stuff, but the Star Wars stuff has been somehow more exhausting because of what I'm being demanded, you know, what, what is the demands that are put upon me in terms of um, the emotional places that I've been going. You know, because Star Wars is very big and over the top, and so, uh-huh. you know, it, it, it loves it when you really go for it. So I've, I've been going for it and finding myself uh, a little bit worn out here and there. <laughs> But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And the character name that you're playing on Star Wars: The Clone Wars? Well, on uh, Clone Wars, I I cannot discuss that. Um, <laughs> sorry, did, did I just jump topics there? It was I, were you referring to the other, to the game? Yeah, the 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 Clone Wars was. Uh, yeah, that is a completely different thing. That oh, is, okay. Uh, I, I, sorry, I'm sorry. The, I, I, the character I play on the Clone Wars is. Um, and that was purely voice work, although it was a cast record, so you had the other actors around you and you were responding to each other, but that was purely voice. Um, and that character uh, it has not been, uh, we cannot discuss. <laughs> there are Lucasfilm lawyers down the street from me okay. who will hunt me down. Um, but I will say this, uh, George uh, Lucas came up with some uh, a really awesome, awesome idea, and uh, I am uh, I feel very honored to be able to execute this awesome out there idea that he came up with. Well, that's cool. You know, my son is a big fan, and so I watch it with him. So, you know, not only myself, but other other fans of yours and other fans of of the show itself, you know, will I guess get uh, when it's when the time is appropriate, will will know all about, you know, who you are and when when you are. Indeed. Yeah. It's uh, it's. I gotta say, they when they pitched me, they couldn't even tell me what I was gonna play. They just said, Hey, do you want to do? Some Clone Wars, and I said, "Well, yes, of course I do." And they wouldn't tell me what they would just—they just kept saying over and over again that it was a really cool part. And uh, you know, I thought that was possibly just, you know, a pitch trying to get me to do the role. Um, once I saw the scripts, I—I I, I saw they—they they weren't exaggerating. It, it's extremely uh, cool. One of the—I <laughs> I dare say one of one of the the coolest ideas that uh, that they've come across uh, in that show. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's, wow. It, I mean, again, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. I think it was really well done what they what they uh, put together. So, well, then, can I ask you this? Do you have a time frame? Do you, Do you have an inkling of when this may uh, debut when it will air? It's a season three uh, episode arc. It's three episodes in season three. So I, I don't really know when that is. You okay. know, not anytime super soon. But they, people could go to TV.com or something like that, and they could look and see, you know, where, you know, they could compare it to what's on TV right now and find out where and what season, you know, kind of thing they are. And yeah, they're finishing up the second season right now, so uh-huh. you know, it'll it won't be that long. So yeah. yeah, I mean, my son and I just watched an episode yesterday morning. I mean, I you know, I TiVo it kind of thing, so it wasn't wasn't the time when it actually aired. But I mean, we watched it yesterday morning, and I I, I couldn't tell you today which which where that is in the series, but. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I can tell you the show, but I can't tell you, you know, the, the, in terms of sequence where we are. Uh, but uh, you know, well, I gotta say, they, 
they they do some incredible work on there. I mean, uh, they're uh, yeah, it, it blows me away that they can produce that level of animation on a television budget and schedule. I mean, that, that I I don't get it. I don't understand how it's possible. So it's you know it's really um, amazing. It's a pretty seamless show, you know. I mean, it's it's. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you look at it, and it's, it, it's, it's. I mean, my son, who's going to be eight, loves it, and and I, who am much older than he is, thankfully, uh, you know, love it too. I mean, it, it's 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 well well it's a well well done show, and it's not just for kids, you know. So that's the uh, that's that's very cool about it. Um, Absolutely. Now, and did you say in that particular show you get to respond off the other actors? You're not you're not voicing it alone in a in a sound booth or. Well, I mean, and again, for Force Unleashed, uh, same thing, except we were on camera. So, you know, it's always with other actors. I think Lucasfilm understands that, you know, actors are better when they're working off other people. Off of other, other actors. Yeah, I have another friend who's, who's, who's on the show, too, Ian Ambercrombie. And, uh, yeah. And Ian's he, on the he show. Amber. Huh? Isn't he Palpatine? He's Palpatine, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. But uh, you know, the thing is, is that I, uh, I want to get, I'd like to get him on the radio sometime talking about his part. I've had. You know what's funny is, I played his role in the Force Unleashed video games. Really? If he's indeed Palpatine. Um, uh, I, I'd uh, have to check because I haven't, I haven't, I, I haven't looked at the credits, you know, and paid attention to, you know, stuff in that regard. But uh, in a while, so I'd have to go back and check. But that's cool. That's very cool. I, I mean, actually. Yeah. I, I could check that out here in a second, but yeah, um, he plays the uh, Ian McDermott role from the from the series. You know, the uh, everything is inspired as dinosaur. That guy, yeah. So it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's very good. He is good. He is good. Um, well, let me ask you this. Let's go back to the the uh, Force Unleashed. When you say that you're acting with the other actors, are you a green screen or is this uh or the proxy? No, no. It's, we're no. we're in a in this in the first game we did motion capture in this game we had multiple video cameras on each actor and uh, we were all in a in a studio um, with microphones and cameras on all of us all working together which was really cool because when you have cameras on everyone and you have microphones on everyone and you have multiple angles um, they encourage overlaps and uh, people speaking over each other and, and, and you really, uh, I've seen some animation passes on this stuff and you really get the sense that these people are listening to each other because they are in fact listening to each other and talking to each other, are talking over each other, yelling at each other. It's, it's pretty, pretty great, actually. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. Uh, with the motion capture, were you in a motion capture suit then too? No, uh, I I was uh, my face was dotted up. It was facial motion capture for the first one. Oh wow, wow! Oh, yeah. I'm producing a TV pilot with Ronald Coleman. It's his idea. It's and he's directing it. We shoot in May, and it's a live action, animated thing. And we are using motion capture, and uh, you know it's 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 an it's an interesting process in and of itself. And it's it's it's. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's cool. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's, it's fun to see how it all comes together when, when you know, you're dotted up and uh, and then they take it and they animate it and, and do the whole thing. So, wow. Oh, so you ha- you have been busy. Yeah, it's it's. I gotta say, uh, the past, it's, I guess, uh, two years has been pretty nonstop. Um, you know, it was Smallville, then No God, No Master, then Joe Rich immediately after that, then. Um, 
Clone Wars and Force Unleashed, then this pilot, then more Force Unleashed, and yeah, it's 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 been uh, it's been kind of nonstop, um, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. The only thing I'm a little bit frustrated with is that I don't really have the free time to sit around and and write a bunch of music. <laughs> but oh yeah, there are worse problems to have than uh, than acting work being readily available. Well, that's true, and 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 well, let's let's take it from there and say it hasn't always been that way. <laughs> so certainly not, no way. So let's 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 go back. Let's go back in Sam's uh, career history and 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 uh, talk about how you started and how you worked your way up. Uh, you know, with the idea being that there are other people out there who, you know, may be in the same position or they're starting out as actors and. Um, and, uh, you know, anything that you share or say, you know, can be of, of a benefit to them. So uh, I appreciate this. By the way, you could be using this hour to be writing music, so I really appreciate you talking to us. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Um, okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, how do I get started? I mean, I, I, I went to Juilliard, and as you, as you mentioned, I'm a Juilliard dropout. So I uh, – and part of that was the fact that when I got swallowed up by Juilliard, I, I didn't know that I wanted to be an actor. I, I hadn't really decided that that was my path in life. I mean, in fact, I, I never set out to get into Juilliard. My parents forced me to audition, and I didn't. I didn't consider myself any kind of actor at the time. So, to my shock, they accepted me into that school, and I had nowhere else to go. So, I, I went there, and uh, was that was my introduction to this this whole world and this whole, and this craft. Um, after I was done with that school, um, which, you know, for the reasons for that, where it was, it was partially a good fit, partially not a good fit. You know, the parts where it was not a good fit uh, really had to do with, I mean, a lot to do with the fact that I didn't even know even then if I wanted to be an actor. Um, and I made that known, which it probably shouldn't have. <laughs> um, but also, on the other hand, I, I really, I've always been more interested in film than theater for whatever reason. Uh, I'm fascinated by the process of filmmaking um, more than I'm fascinated by the process of uh, of uh, creating a theater experience, although I have a lot of respect for that. Um, and I think that theater training, in any case, if you want to be a film actor or a theater actor, I think everyone should have some. I, it does nothing but uh, enhance your abilities to bring characters to life on the screen. Um, Theater techniques are absolutely transferable skills. I mean, you can't you can't be as big as uh, as as you know you maybe like to be if you're super theater trained, but you start noticing that the way that you approach things are are uh, you have a lot more tools at your at your disposal. You know, the changing the pattern with which you speak or doing subtle things with uh, your body language or your posture. Um, for example, uh, Dexter. Um, that, that was that was really all about uh, Juilliard training because uh, up until then I'd only really been invited to play kind of thuggish characters, um, big broody type roles, and I don't really know why that is. Um, I mean, I'm I'm six one. I'm not you know hugely tall. I, I uh, but for whatever reason that's all they kind of saw me as for a while, and, and Hollywood just kind of assumes you can do one thing and one thing only. Um, even if, you know, you're a, a mid-level or a low-level actor, they still have that assumption, and, and casting directors keep track of that stuff. And So when Dexter came along, they actually auditioned me for a big 
uh, brutish type character. Um, and, uh, or at least the way they, they listed it, it was a character named Tony Tucci who loses his leg to the ice truck killer. And there's a whole uh, arc about he's a security guard and the ice truck killer has removed one of his legs, but they saved him before he was killed. And I thought that was a really great role. Uh, and I didn't get it. But two weeks later, they, they called me in for this, uh, what was described as a, a squirrely computer nerd. And uh, I, I looked at that right away and I said, I, I really want to do that. I mean, I don't care. You know, the Tony Kishu role was much cooler. And there was a lot, much more dramatic stuff to do there. But, I, you know, for God's sakes, I want to play something different. I want to play uh, a squirrely computer nerd. Let's do it. I mean, and uh, and so I, I made sure I, I got a bunch of loose-fitting clothing and I went and bought some glasses and I, I just I altered my posture and I walked into the room, hopefully as a different guy, and uh, did the audition. And they they hired me, um, and uh, and then uh, it wasn't until after I saw a few scripts that I realized that uh, this squirrely computer nerd was uh, <laughs> was actually the preferable role because he kind of he morphs into Kevin Spacey from Seven for a little bit. You know, it's very, really insanely crazy stuff. And I, I at that point felt extremely lucky, even though. You know, I, and Dexter hadn't aired at that time, so no one knew what that was about. I simply wanted to play something different. That's all. It's the only reason I wanted to do it. And then when I saw, when they gave me the pilot to watch, so I knew what show I was doing, I was uh, absolutely mind blown. So, but but Dexter, after I got in that role, that completely changed my casting. At that point, I started going out for absolutely everything. Um, people finally trusted that maybe I could, in fact shift and change and play something different and uh but it had to be proven i had to, I had to actually prove that first which you know is frustrating for an, a young actor but thankfully i was given the opportunity to do so but if you want to go earlier before that um <laughs> i i i think every actor or anyone that wants to get into this business in any capacity wakes up one day and they go, okay, uh, I've trained to be an actor or this or that, and I've, I've worked really hard and I've done this and I've done that, I've done some plays. Uh, what do I do? How do I, how do I become an actor? Oh, they, I got to get an agent? I got to, how do you do that? How do you do any of these things? And um, the frustrating answer to that is that everyone that I've talked to has a completely different story. Um, it's never the same method, so there's no tried and true way to establish yourself um, in this business. But the one universal piece of advice that I can give is, because uh, for me, I mean, my, my first job was a Chicago Bulls commercial in which I played a ninja because I faked my way through a martial, artist, a martial arts uh, audition. And I mean, literally faked my way through it. <laughs> and, they, and I and, uh, and tried to sell uh, fake martial arts moves, and it worked. Um, wow. And I got, you know, paid 500 bucks to, to do some really dangerous stuff and, uh, and dangerous stunts. And, uh, and, you know, it didn't get paid for seven months, something like that. You know, that, that, but for me, it was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm doing a job. This is incredible. And then when I got to L.A., I auditioned for almost a year without, um, without getting anything, without, without scoring any kind of job, but my uh, – my auditions apparently were pretty good. Um, at least that's what they were telling my agent. So as so long as I wasn't embarrassing her, 
she was going to keep sending me out. And that's, that's another thing is smaller agents uh, who, who have belief in their clients and have personal attention and really want to develop someone will stick by you uh, rather than getting lost in the shuffle at a bigger agency. And eventually I got like two, two lines on JAG and life couldn't get any better. Um, and uh, the role slowly started getting bigger, um, but very, very slowly. But the, the piece of advice that I, that I was going to bring up as I bring my long-winded discussion to a close um, Great. is that as, as an actor or as anything uh, in this business, you will flail around and expend vast amounts of energy trying to get anything to happen in your career. And you will get frustrated because all this energy will be wasted. And, and in fact, it will, it will be wasted. Uh, don't kid yourself. You're going to do so many things that take a lot of effort that don't get you anywhere. But then some random thing that you do, uh, this, you know, 1% of, of that effort that you expended in some random direction will actually be critical to your um, development, will be critical to your forwarding yourself in the industry. Um, so the answer is you pretty much have to beat your head against the wall until either your head caves in or the wall does. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, and so basically, you need to be tenacious. You need to stick with it. And, uh, and the more that you, uh, you know, it, if, if you have a core belief in yourself, uh, you pretty much need to shield that inside your chest somewhere. You got no one touch that, and you just keep trudging on until something happens, basically. I mean, that is absolutely excellent advice. I, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, can you hang on one second, listeners and Sam, while I take a small break in the middle of the show and uh, – uh, enough to say you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and the official web address is rexsykes.com. Uh, keep in mind that all of these interviews are available as podcasts from the iTunes Store. We appreciate it when you uh, retweet and when you post these on your Facebook wall or you email them to others or MySpace. Uh, just a quick mention that uh, Peter Marshall, the director, is coming up later today. So if you're in the chat room right now or you're listening in, uh, he will be live uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time with me. Of course, all shows are archived and available as a podcast. Uh, following him is Ian Argard, the director and author of an e-book about making your movie now. Julie Richardson returns. She's the producer of Collateral. Reed Martin, the author of Real Truth, will be joining us after that. Jenny Stolte is a cinematographer. We're going to talk about uh, what a DP does and how they do it. Alan Gansberg is a film historian, author, producer from Columbia Film School, and we're going to uh, chat with him next. Kristen Shaw is an acting and audition coach. She's now moved from L.A. and lives in Atlanta. We're going to talk about the Atlanta film business as well as uh, what it takes to, to do a good audition. Patrick Girardi, post-production sound supervisor, re-recording mixer, is coming back after that, as is Terry Green, screenwriter and director. He and Sam have something in common. That's the movie No God, No Master. And then Eric Morris, acting coach and author of five or more books uh, will return. That just takes us through April. Uh, check the uh, interviews blog at RexSykes.com uh, for more guests and for guests after that. I want to thank you for tuning in, and I want to turn my attention back to Mr. Sam Whitwer. Sam, uh, that was actually very good, very sound um, advice. I mean, you know, and uh, you know, I appreciate you saying that. Um, when you started out you know i mean you had obviously you know it was tough you see the thing you said about not booking any work for a year 
in, in my case as an actor back in L.A. In, in the earlier days of my life, um, there was a period of time when I went with an agent, I had some success right up front, and then didn't book anything for a year uh-huh. or so. And I was like, okay, I'm leaving this agent, I'm going to leave. And, and he had an office over in Las Feliz at the time, and, and I drove over there and I said, you know, I, you know, this just isn't working, I think I need to go elsewhere. And he argued to me, no, you got to hang in there. You got to stay with me. You got to do this, you know. And and I mean, I, I, I at that point I was so conflicted. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I ended up staying with him. Um, and it it was okay. It wasn't the best decision. I mean, ultimately I moved on later. But 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 it was the thing. I guess that I'm saying is what I, I just want to piggyback on what you said that that agent hung in there with me, and even when I threatened to leave, the agent fought for me to stay. And that level of you know, I believe in you, you know, we're going to make money together was what kept me there. And because, uh, uh, and, and again, may or may not have been the best career decision on my part, but, but it, you know, the guy convinced me that, you know, there was someone else besides myself who believed in my career. So um, what you said about having an agent who, who is continuing to send you out when you don't book uh, can say a, a great deal you know, about their faith in you, and that is that is awesome to have in your corner. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're, I, I feel that it's more, it's it's crucial to be able to trust the people on your team. Uh, I had a good feeling about her. Um, she was introduced to me through a woman who uh, was instrumental in, in my development in terms of getting out of Chicago and coming to L.A., um, and, uh, my my agent, I, when I when I met her, I, I just I, I trusted her, and, and after a year of auditioning, um, that trust was uh, I feel like my faith in her was was rewarded because I don't think a lot of agents would have stuck with me like that, and I, I don't from what I understand and the way she tells it, I wasn't doing anything wrong. It's simply that I had nothing on my resume, as you know, as anyone who starts out in the right. business, and uh, and I uh, you know they they kept going with people who had things on their resume. So, but she kept yeah, sending I mean, me out. That was good. Yeah, you, you but, know, I mean, here, go ahead. To, to, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I totally interrupted you. What do you want to say? No, 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 no. Please, go ahead. This is, this is the, we want to hear from you, not me. <laughs> uh, that's very generous. Um, one of the biggest breaks in my career, uh, which was also entirely instrumental, was entirely luck. I mean, I, I wouldn't say entirely luck. I, I actually had to uh, to perform. However, uh, I was walking down the street, and uh, I was going to some audition that I wasn't really thrilled to be going to. There was a woman coming across the street. I looked to my left, and there was a woman coming across the street. She had bags of materials or something. She dropped them in the middle of the street, and no one was helping her. And there were cars coming down the street, and, and no one was... There were a lot of people on the street. In fact, the guy next to me snickered at her, and I thought that was really rude. So I, uh, I ran out and uh, started helping her gather her things up, pick her things up. And she goes, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, cool. What, what's what's your name? She goes, I'm Deb. I'm like, hey, I'm Sam. Where are we taking these things, Deb? She goes, oh, that building. I'm like, perfect. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's exactly where I'm going anyway. Perfect. So we get into the elevator. She sees my resume in my hands along with her bags and stuff, and she goes, are you an actor? I'm like, yeah. So we go up to this casting office. I'm like, oh, cool. She works at the casting office. And all right, Deb, where am I putting these? Oh, right there. And it's like the corner office. So I'm like, oh, interesting. She must be a casting director or something. And she goes, she says to the other casting director, she goes, hey, everyone, this is Sam. He's an actor. He helped me out in the middle of the street. 
we have to buy him lunch. And I'm thinking, wow, my lucky day. I get, I get some free food. This is great. Um, and then she goes, actually, Sam, um, instead of lunch, and I'm like, oh, no, I lost the lunch. Damn. She goes, would you like to read for something? And I go, sure. Deb, yeah, fine. So she hands me these script pages, and I'm given 15 minutes with uh, some very, actually very difficult material. One, one scene was an argument that was simple enough. One scene was a romantic scene, and, and uh, that took a little bit of uh, finesse. But then there was, after all that, a crying scene. So just <laughs> you went, you know, you went from uh, argument to romance to crying, and you're like, wow, that's uh, wow, that's yeah. an audition right there. So I uh, I took 15 minutes with the material, went in, went in front of uh, Deb and this camera, and performed these scenes. And uh, Deb. Um, seemed very surprised and pleased and told me so. Um, I didn't have an extra resume to give her, so she said, you know, <laughs> who are you? How do I get a hold of you? Uh, because I'd already done, uh, I, I think I had done another audition in, you know, for another casting director in the same building just prior to that, right? Like, I, she gave me the, the pages for this audition. I went off, did the audition I came to do, which I think I did terrible at, and then I came back you know, uh, having read the things for 15 minutes and did her audition. So anyway, it was on tape, and she goes, Sam, you're, you're perfect for this. Frank is going to love this. Oh, this is great. This is so great. I'm so glad this happened. You may have saved me, is what she says, right? I go, oh. okay, all right. Well, thanks. Is this a, a TV show? She goes, no, it's a movie. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, Deb, thank you so much. So I leave the building feeling good but very confused. I, so I called my agent, and I said, listen, I just – met some woman named Deb, uh, I auditioned for some movie, and uh, Frank is going to love this. So can you, can you parse this for me? What just happened? Who are, who are these people? <laughs> and he goes, okay, and he's typing away, and he goes, that, that was Deb Aquila. She's one of the biggest casting directors in L.A. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's good. What, uh, what about, what's this, uh, what's this movie? You know, and he says, that's sounding, you know, based on your description of the scenes, that's got to be The Mist. And I'm like, The Mist, like like Stephen King's The Mist? Like five years ago, my brother asked me why anyone didn't do a, a movie about The Mist. And he's uh -huh. like, yeah, that's the one. I'm like, okay. The Mist, good. And and Frank is going to love us. Who's Frank? He goes, it's Frank Darabont. I'm like, oh, okay. So, okay. Frank, like Shawshank Redemption writer, director, Green Mile, Frank Darabont. He's like, yeah. Right. All right. Um, uh, Okay, so, so I just auditioned for Frank Darabont. Yeah, okay, great. Well, good day, I guess. So the weekend happens, Saturday, Sunday happens, and on Monday I get a call uh, from my agents, and they're like, Sam, uh, Frank Darabont wants you to be in the midst. <laughs> and so that was, uh, and that was a, a huge boost to my career, if not for the fact that I was working with a top-level director uh, in a, with a, a role that, um, that if I didn't perform well, the movie was going to fall flat in a big way at a very crucial point. And uh, so, you know, that was an extraordinary opportunity for me. Um, my first major feature film role and a very, you know, I, it, was a very, it was a very difficult role. I was, I was very happy to have gotten that challenge. I was scared to death when I got to the set. But uh, Frank is such a warm guy um, that, you know, he, he really put me at ease as soon as I arrived. And uh, 
and in fact, since then we've become very close friends. We actually um, we actually get together, uh, you know, every couple of weeks or so, and you know, have a little dinner and you know, with some friends, and we all just sit around and talk about geek stuff. It's really it's really fun. But um, the the point to this story being. Uh, you really, and another piece of advice for, for new actors is you really need to be uh, prepared at any time to show anyone what you can do. And, and really one of the most important things is before you come to L.A., make sure that you kind of know what you're doing. You know, it, you, you've got some bad auditions in you. Maybe get them out. And for me, I, I, I did all... Well, I'm, I did plenty of bad auditions in L.A., but I did more bad auditions in Chicago before I came to L.A. Um, <laughs> some really hideous ones. In fact, Rex, <laughs> during one audition, I, I actually did a little warm-up, a little vocal warm-up in front of the people I was auditioning for before I was auditioning, one of, one of my first auditions in Chicago. And you know, not, not realizing you don't do that. You just kind of come in and act and leave and not waste their time and Again, I just I had no idea. I didn't know that's how it worked. Um, there's a lot of kinks that I had to work out, and thankfully I worked out most of them in Chicago before I went to L.A. And therefore didn't didn't blow too many opportunities or convince too many people that they should never see me again. <laughs> type thing. I'm sure I'm sure I did that with a few. In fact, I can think of a few auditions where I did bad high school acting. However, uh, for the most part, I think I avoided it. So. I'm very long-winded on this show, Rex. You, you gotta, Sam, you gotta jump in here. No, no, Sam, you're great. You're great. But if, if, if I may, kind of uh, reiterate the kind of points that I got from you, or that I, that I would like to, to, uh, I guess, just reinforce, is it demonstrated the kind of person you were. First, prepared as an actor. Second, you saw a person in need out in the road where someone else snickered, you went and responded. You didn't know that the person was going to be who they were or that it would lead to the series of events, but because of what you did, you ended up in a situation where you were lucky. But then because you were prepared, uh, you know, you were able to take advantage of that. And it's, it's, you know, it, it has led to other things and has blossomed into a long-term relationship. And, and you know, we, I often say, you know, uh, 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 an aphorism, a quote that, that I like to quote is that, you know, uh, Success is the crossword where luck and preparation meet. You know, it's it's if those two things, if you've got, if, you know, when they intersect, then then you know, truly you're lucky and truly you can be successful. But but most importantly, you know, we live in a, in in the world and we do work in the world through relationships. And you know, I mean, it says a lot, especially for people in LA. You know, you can give the finger to the car next to you, you know, and you can you know blow off people and you can be mean and you can do, but if you're nice. You know, you might get further faster because you, you know, you're in an industry town. You're in a town where you know you don't know who the person is. Uh, I always remember a story, and this has nothing to do with Hollywood, but it was it, it made a lot of press at one time. Some derelict-looking guy showed up at a cash register in a store, and he didn't have the exact amount of money. Let's say it was four dollars and fifty cents, and he didn't have the fifty cents. And, and and somebody was you know the the clerk was berating him and all this kind of stuff and people were going come on get out of here old man and everything and one guy said look here's the fifty cents you know don't worry about it gave the guy fifty cents turned out he was like some bazillionaire who said oh thanks so much but he just liked to dress like a derelict and he didn't carry cash on him and 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 so, so this guy you know luckily you know gave a, a millionaire something in his need when everybody else was was ridiculing him and telling him to get lost so. Uh, 
I, I don't mean to make this, you know, kind of a, a philosophical, you never know, you know, luck waits around the corner for you, but, but cultivate the relationships and be a good person, and I think you get further faster than doing it that way than, than and, and being prepared and being a good actor than, than nearly anything else. And well, the, the, the most successful people I've known have been the nicest, at least in my experience. Um, no one wants to work with a jerk, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think the, that you're saying, Rex, that, you know, be nice so you get stuff. In fact, right, you know, right. it, it's funny. There's, it, it's, I uh, went um, the other night to see uh, Faith No More here in, in uh, San Francisco, and <laughs> there's a line in one of their songs, um, you know, being good gets you stuff, being stuff gets you good. It's just like it, it's, it's, it's very funny um, lyrically, and, and uh, just it's hilarious that we're, we're talking about that, being good, it gets you stuff. And, uh, right. and uh, you know, really what it needs to be is, you know, being as cool as you can needs to be its own reward. And, right. And you attract like-minded people. And, and in some cases, uh, those like-minded people may be inspired to help you out if they have any kind of opportunity. I mean, I know that me and my friends uh, are getting to a point where we all have, um, in various uh, parts of the in- in- entertainment industry, we have some influence here and there. And uh, we help each other out where we can or turn, you know, send a name over to someone who's looking for something, you know, or, oh, I'm looking for an actor to do this. Well, yeah, I know a guy who's like this. And I've, I've, I've actually uh, gotten some people hired on, on several occasions and, you know, and people have gotten me hired. And it's we, me and my friends who I say, you know, met at Juilliard have, uh, have been, our, our network has started, has just started to become kind of effective. And that's kind of neat to watch. No, that is awesome. And and you're right. I mean, it's 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 don't be good to get stuff. It's 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 like be good or be cool for because that in of itself is its own reward. And you know, it's a relationship business. It's what you just described. And so I think people not just being good at their craft, but being good at their people skills is is something to you know. It's it's worth it to work on it. You know, in other words, learn how to communicate better. Learn how to to you know. uh, If you put other people first, a lot of times you know, or you pay attention to them, they'll pay attention to you. But you know, if you do that solely in mind, then it you know whatever. Uh, uh, But but I I appreciate you sharing that so much. I think it's crucial. I think it's important. Or I think it's critical. I think it's important that people hear that. And uh, and more power to you. That's awesome. We've got literally about. Oh, 11 minutes left, and I've got a question in the um, in the chat room that I want to ask of you, and it comes from uh, Addy, uh, your uh, official fan site. <laughs> and she says hi first, and then uh, two questions, please. She says, "Does Sam see your uh, well? Uh, do you see your future Sam in acting or music? And do you have any amb- ambition to eventually get behind the camera?" And again, that's from Addy, or uh, I know her as Adrian, so. I I would love to uh, direct. And they met long. I'm sorry. So there was a clarification to the question. That is, uh, I think meaning the future, long-term future in acting or music. Uh, music is something I do for fun. So certainly, I I hope if, as long as there is a future me, there should be future me making music. So as long as I don't get hit by a car, uh, yeah, that that should happen. Um, as for uh, directing, I would I would love to do it. In fact, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was Sam Oster's way of 
placating his very difficult star on the set of Joe Rich, but but he uh, on several occasions, him and the DP and several of the of the crew members uh, would take me aside and they say, you know, you got to direct, man. Like like we, you know, I mean, some of the guys are talking and, and you really got an eye for it, and I'm just like, look, <laughs> I, I whether I have an eye for it or not, I'd like to. However, you know, you guys are giving me way too much credit. I'm I'm just. I, I'm just the difficult actor who's really opinionated on this set. <laughs> so, um, Sam Officer, by the way, uh, and, and, and as well as Terry Green, were both very patient with me and my ideas. Um, especially, especially Sam, who, who you know, we had to work every moment of every day together, and I was his lead. So, uh, you know, we we uh, we <laughs> we duked it out on several occasions. But I think. The, the cool thing was, is we duped it out in, in a very friendly way. There, there was never a battle that I lost where I actually felt like something bad was going to happen to the movie because Sam's ideas were really strong, um, really strong. You know, I, I could say, yeah, I think we should do it this way, and Sam would say, nah, but we should do it this way. And, you know, we, maybe we'd do it Sam's way or whatever, but the fact of the matter was is Sam's way was good. Um, I may have liked my way better, but you know we weren't going to be doing something wrong by doing it Sam's way. Um, so, you know, so we had all these heated <laughs> discussions here and there. Certainly not so much when we were shooting because you just don't have time. But any spare moment, I was challenging something about that wonderful script that he wrote, and uh, and not for any deficiency in the material, but simply because I I wanted to make it as good as it could be. And uh, you know, through it, I think I think we had a, a great respect for each other. Um, you know, I, I think he understood once we started shooting that that I was only bringing because we we actually had like a week of reading and rereading the script, and that was wonderful because we had a 20 day window to shoot the damn movie, and we had loads of uh, of locations, and uh, so we had to get everything in one or two takes, basically. And the only way you can really do that is if the script is super sharp. I mean, it's nailed down. There it is. We know what we're shooting for. Everyone, the crew, the cast, we all know what we're going for. And uh, Sam Oster made it very clear to everyone through multiple script read-throughs. We talked through each scene, and he made it very clear what he wanted. So when we arrived on the set, we could just sort of aim, you know, aim the arrow and, uh, and fire it away and get pretty close to the mark, if not entirely on the mark. I mean, if, you know, I, I've learned that you can actually shoot a movie in, in 20 days um, if your cast and crew really uh, band together behind the uh, uh, script that is very much, you know, finished and polished, and, and Sam really worked on that script. And it was a pleasure to do that. I don't know how I got on this subject. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> Sam and I had... Uh, had some wonderful battles, and I, uh, I I never cease to be impressed by that guy uh, throughout any any living moment of that that uh, process. Well, that's awesome, and for the for the listeners and the the readers, I just want to stress that uh, you've been here before. In fact, you were interviewed with Sam Oster uh, regarding the return of Joe Rich, and Sam has a bio page at the. Uh, at RexX.com as well, and he's done multiple interviews and will be coming back um, again soon, too. I, I don't know what the date is off the top of my head. Uh, we've got about six minutes left. 
Sam, and, and I want to say that I'm enjoying this so much. I, the people in the chat room are as well. And, um, you know, I know we've talked about this before the show, but uh, we'd love to have you back and let the listeners know and the readers know when that would be uh, so we can continue to talk, you know, about uh, you, your career acting and, and, and making movies. So that's okay with you. We'll, uh, we'll let them know in the future. Sure, absolutely. All righty. Uh, let me ask you another question from the uh, chat room. And we have, uh, like I said, we've got about five, well about five minutes. This is what can he tell us about his role in Quintuplets? Seems pretty dark. How do you, how do you, it seems pretty dark. How do you like? Sh- I guess that's a question. It seems pretty dark. Uh, question. Uh, how did you like shooting with the cast in Boston for the last few weeks? Oh, wonderful, wonderful cast. Um, I, I really, you know, I can't say enough nice things about that cast. Really, really great people. I, I didn't get a chance to work directly with all of them, but with the other, the people that play my brothers and sisters, we, uh, we really all got to like each other very much. Um, uh, and, uh, God, I, you know, I, I don't want <laughs> to, I, I could go through and say nice things about every one of them, but I, I think uh, I'll just blanket it by saying they're all wonderful and fun and funny people and talented. Um, as for the show Darkness, you know, it's, Really, it's it's not it's not really that dark. It certainly it has some dark elements and and uh, and but but there's also some a uh, little bit of humor. There's I mean it's it's a drama, but it's it's we're not looking to depress anyone. <laughs> um, I you know uh, Mike Kelly wrote a very very good script, um, and that was what I was interested in. I mean I, you know intrinsically I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, the pilot, if, if you just told me, um, oh, you're going to be playing this and that, and here's how it is. I, I, it, there's so much white noise out there in terms of Hollywood. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the plot details wouldn't necessarily, for me, for me personally, I know a lot of people really love this stuff, but for me personally, it didn't make my ears perk up. It was reading the script that made me go, oh, oh, good writing, oh, good characters, right, right, yeah, okay, good, we like this, we like working on very character-oriented uh, pieces with people who are very smart, and Mike Kelly is a very smart man, so uh, I really enjoyed it, it was a good time. Oh, that's very cool. Um, you know, and what I would like to do when we come back in, in another show is, is, you know, when you look at IMDb, there's a series of credits, but, you know, the, you know, let's it says 40 credits, I don't know what it says, but then you know, one of them would be Smallville, and you've done like 22 episodes of Smallville, or the other is Battlestar Galactic, you've done almost a dozen episodes about it, you know, two here, three there, you know, one there, that kind of thing. So, I mean, in, in terms of work, I mean, you, you've, you've worked, you know, quite a bit. Um, how has it changed, and we only have about three minutes, but how has, how has that changed for you? I mean, personally, what, what kind of time constraints are, you know, how has your life changed from the day when you did two lines on a TV show to, to now? Lots of traveling then, lots of planes. That's how my life has changed. Um, it's uh, again, I have nothing to complain about. It's it's been wonderful, but yeah, I've been running all over the globe. It feels like um, doing lots of stuff. But momentum, really. I mean, when you get working and people start knowing your work, um, because Smallville and Quintuplets. Um, which, by the way, for people who are listening, that's the pilot that I just did for CBS that we're waiting to hear on. Um, both of those Smallville and Quintuplets were, were offered to me. And that, 
for me is a wonderfully humbling but uh, advantageous thing um, in terms of career stuff. I mean, in terms of uh, career momentum, it's it's a nice thing to be able to uh, say happened um, that, that you didn't really have to jump through too many hoops. And in fact, I, yeah, I got to be honest. I don't know how good I am at jumping through hoops, going through screen test processes, and you know, figuring all that out. I, it's not the environment in which I, I thrive the most. I do better when I am uh, wanted, <laughs> um, rather than trying to prove to someone that they want me. But as 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 an actor, as as I've worked more, people have been more familiar with what I've done, and and. Uh, been uh, been willing to take some risks and, and throw me some stuff without me having to, to do anything to essentially prove myself. Um, I mean, then you go on the set and you have to prove yourself. You always, you can never afford to be bad. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, so anyway, yeah. No, I mean that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, and but but the, but the notion and, and in a, again maybe a minute or so, but, and we'll pick this up when when you return to the show. And I I just want to say I, I've had a marvelous time, and I and I sure appreciate all that you've shared today. Um, and that is um, the momentum. I mean, you know, in other words, there's a time in a life when there's almost nothing happening, and then suddenly things are happening. And you see right. that increase, and you know, and, and that kind of stuff must be, you know, you know, exciting. I know it can be tiring, and, and like you say, a lot of travel. But you know, you got you got to think that it's, it's got to be exciting to to when things start clicking and things start, uh, you know, it, it takes on a life of its own almost. I guess is what it is exciting. But uh, let me also say this: I don't think you're ever in a place where you can't take a huge step backward in your career or not work for a long period of time or whatever. Um, trick is uh, realizing that it's not you, it's the business, and that's just the way it goes. I mean, in fact, before Dexter, uh, I hadn't worked for 11 months. And the, the proudest thing for me in those 11 months is that I never, I was never worried. I, I socked money away in the bank, and, and which as an actor you should always do. Don't spend your money, save it so that you can't. There are those long periods of time where you don't work. And, yeah, I went 11 months and, and really never doubted that I would work again in those 11 months, and I was very proud of that. And then I got extra in a whole slew of jobs after that. I was like, good, I was right. That's that's reassuring. Uh, that's very <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's very cool. So, Sam? So, but it's only – yeah, I'm sorry. Go for it. So, so we got about 30 seconds. And... Oh, right on. Well, and again, I, I – I could only do that because I'd been through it before where I hadn't worked for a long period of time. And that part, the first time you go through it, you think you're done, your career's finished. Second time you go through it, ain't no thing. Anyway, there it is. Well, that's very cool. I mean, somebody made the point the other day that there are Academy Award-winning directors right now who can't get work. So, you know, I mean, great advice, very sound advice. I certainly appreciate your being here, sharing with our guests. We've got lots of great very interesting, warm, informative. Thanks so much. They look forward to hearing from you again. They look forward to you coming back. Thanks. You know, they're wishing you the best and all that. So thank you so much, Sam, for being here. Have a great rest of the day, and uh, we'll let them know when you're coming back. But thank you, man. Have a good one. Happy trails and happy travels. Thanks, Tom. All right. Take care. See you. Uh, I want to thank my fascinating guest, Mr. Sam Whitworth, for being here. He will be back. We'll let you know when that is. My next guest coming up right after this will be here in two hours. 
is uh, actually in an hour, is Peter Marshall. We continued the director series with Peter. Uh, keep sharing the website. Keep uh, uh, Facebooking and Twittering, and, uh, and join us here again. Thanks so much for tuning in. Everybody have a fabulous day. Make movies, your projects. Until we meet the next time, that's a wrap.